morning again. My name's Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Connect. So welcome. Thanks for joining us on this very special day, Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day again to all you mums out there. We think you are amazing. Uh, I was thinking about it this week. I came up with a little list uh, to help uh, profile the mums in the room, uh, if you're not sure. So uh, here's my list I came up with. Number five, uh, you know you're a mum when, uh, number five, you hide in the bathroom because it's the only place you can be alone, okay? Uh, some mums can relate to that. Number four, uh, you know you're a mum when your child throws up and you catch it. Uh, maybe more for the younger kids there, the babies. Uh, number three, you know you're a mum when someone else's child throws up and you still catch it because instinctively, you're just your hands are there, you're ready. So it's amazing. Uh, number two, you know you're a mum when going to Target by yourself feels like a vacation and going on vacation feels like work. <laughs> Very true, right, mums? Uh, number one, especially to all the new mums out there, you know you're a mum when picking up another human being to smell their butts. It's not only normal, it's necessary. And uh, you know it, you just, without thinking, it's time for a change. So, uh, Happy Mother's Day to all the mums, whether you are uh, working mums, stay-at-home mums, single mums, brand new mums, mums of mums and dads of their own. We think you're all amazing. Uh, I got to celebrate my mum earlier in the year because in England, Mother's Day is in March. So uh, she's already got her flowers and cards. But I would like to give a big shout-out now to the mother of my children, Casey. She is an amazing mum uh, to the four kids in in her life, the three kids that she gave birth to and the one that she married. Uh, she's brilliant. She looks after us all. Love her to pieces. But while today is definitely a day to celebrate the mums in our life, I do realize that uh, there may be some here this morning or some even who are watching online, and Mother's Day can be a, a difficult day. Uh, maybe Mother's Day this year is the first day without a mum in our life. Mother's Day could be a day to remind us of a, a broken relationship with our own mum. Uh, maybe it's this time when uh, someone who desperately wants to be a mum themselves still hasn't uh, got to that place. Or maybe there's a painful memory of a, uh, a child, a, a, a pregnancy that didn't end well or a miscarriage. And, and I know that Mother's Day can sometimes amplify the pain of those situations. So I want to just pause in the service this morning and just pray for anyone here right now who's in the room or who's watching online for whom Mother's Day can just be a difficult day. So would you pray with me, Father? Uh, as we celebrate today the mums in our life and as everything around us from uh, cards to uh, restaurants, everywhere we go, we'll, we'll see all these reminders of the fact that it's Mother's Day. I know for some people, Lord, that can be a, a painful reminder because just the idea of motherhood, Lord, or uh, the idea of a strange relationship with a mother of their own, Lord, it, it can be a difficult time. So I pray for any here this morning, any who are watching online, who uh, are struggling today because it's a difficult day for them. Would you please, Lord, please just be with them in a really close, special way today. Wrap your arms of love around them. Let them feel your peace and your presence this morning, Lord, in a, a way like never before. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So many of us here this morning are sat, maybe, or watching online with uh, the wonderful mothers of our children. Maybe we're here with our own mums today, and that's brilliant, well done. But I wanna just do something here in the service for the mums who um, maybe you've got a story to tell. 
Maybe there was a Mother's Day where uh, the gift wasn't exactly what you were hoping uh, for Mother's Day. Maybe there was no gift whatsoever. We want to give you a special gift this morning. So to help identify who's got a, uh, a funny story or a, a story about a Mother's Day that didn't go well, there's a number that is going to come up on the screen behind me. And right now, mums, I want you to text me that story. Text me and tell me about the Mother's Day gift that ended up not being the best Mother's Day gift, maybe the year that it was forgotten altogether, a story about something your husband did uh, on Mother's Day. Uh, Send those texts in throughout the service. Towards the end of the service, I will pause and read some of those texts, and we will choose a winner. We have a gift from our friends at Lafleur here in Washington. Uh, just for you to make your day extra special today. Uh, We had some very funny texts that came in first service. Uh, Right now, I know there are already some mums just tapping away on the keyboard and some dads looking over thinking, oh man, she still hasn't forgotten. That was 10 years ago and I can tell by how hard she's hitting that keyboard that she still hasn't forgiven me for it. So send your stories. We'd love to hear about them. Um, But Whether you remember to buy a gift or not, whether it was a handmade card, one of the greatest gifts we can give to the mums in our lives is to honor them and to celebrate them and to to make them feel special today. And thousands of years ago, uh, a man by the name of Solomon, King Solomon, uh, he talked about uh, the women in our lives and talked about uh, honoring them in a special way. And he was a very wise man. He wrote um, uh, the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. He, he wrote some books in the Old Testament, but Proverbs is very famous because it's, it's full of all this wisdom. And listen to what he said when speaking about, uh, it's in Proverbs chapter 31, and, and sometimes we call this the Proverbs 31 woman because he kind of describes uh, some wonderful attributes of women. We're going to read a few verses this morning, 31 verse 25. It says, uh, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household, and she suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. I don't know how it is in in your house, but on a regular basis, we'll stand around Casey and the children will stand and bless her. I, her husband, will praise her. I mean, this is a normal occurrence, you know, every day at our house. I'm sure it is at your home as well. But uh, I love the way Solomon describes this this wonderful lady. I hope that some of you were listening to those words. You were thinking of the, the wives and the mothers in your life. But I love what he says in verse 27, because I think this is a great characteristic of of women in general, and especially uh, mothers. He said, she carefully watches everything in her household. She carefully watches everything in her household. And I think it's a great description of some of the mums in our life. My wife, Casey, the mother of my children, she's brilliant like this. She's, she's so intentional with things. She's great at making lists. There's always a list going for something. She's, she's normally on the, the Kroger app, kind of working on a list of groceries that I need to go and pick up during the week. There's a, often a list in the notes app of uh, if we're going on a trip, we must remember to take this, we must remember to take this. We must remember. Sometimes there'll be lists on the fridge. There's a list on the fridge right now. Uh, it's a list of things that need doing around the house. So it's things like hand curtains, 
clean up the garage, fix the shelves. I don't know what that list's about. I didn't even know she could fix shelves, but that list she's got on the fridge um, for some reason. But um, she's very intentional, and I love that Solomon kind of brings that attribute out of, of women and mothers in particular, that intentionality, that, that idea that she carefully watches, verse 27, she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. And this morning, that's kind of the idea I want to think about. And I want to challenge all of us here this morning, not just the mums in the room, every one of us to follow the example of, of the great mums in our life and the great Proverbs 31 woman that Solomon is talking about here. To be a little bit more intentional, to, to think about, dig a bit deeper into the idea of what does it look like to carefully watch everything in our household? What does Solomon mean there? Well, I think Solomon is kind of talking about something a little bit more than just watching our household in general, but our household being our family, the people that make up our home. Because earlier in Proverbs, he has another proverb in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, and he speaks specifically about our kids, about the next generation. He says this, he says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not lead it. So when he speaks later in 31 about this, this woman who carefully watches everything in her household, I think he's talking here about especially the next generation, my kids, watching over them, being very careful. And this is a great attribute of the mums in our life, you know, that they have this instinctive desire to want to um, pour into their kids, that next generation, so that when they are older, they will not leave the right path. But believe it or not, I think actually every one of us should live with that responsibility. Not just the mums in the room this morning, but maybe on this Mother's Day, it's a challenge to all of us to, to capture that attribute of the mums in their lives and say, I want to be more like that. I want to watch carefully over my household. I want to play a role in um, investing in and impacting the next generation so that when they are older, they will not leave it. And as we think about this idea this morning, I want to eliminate just a few obstacles that maybe already have started to pop into your mind. When you think about this idea of um, looking over our household, impacting the next generation, impacting the kids and their lives, maybe already you've come up with some reasons why this doesn't apply to you. And I hope that as I challenge you here on some of these obstacles that we'll all leave this morning with this thought that God has given this a great opportunity for us to make a difference in the next generation. So maybe as I started to talk, the first obstacle that popped up in your mind this morning was, well, well, this message is not for me. Obviously, this message is not for me. Because this morning, you must be talking to the mums in the room, the, the dads, the, the parents who have kids, and, and that's not me. But the reality is, I actually think that more of us have influence in the life of kids than we realize. You may not have kids living in your home right now, but maybe you are the parent to a parent who has kids of their own. Maybe you're a grandparent here this morning. Maybe you've not started a family yet. Maybe you're not even married, but you might be an uncle or an aunt, an older brother or an older sister, and you have an influence in the younger generation in your life. 
your line of work may, may put you in close proximity to kids or, or teenagers or the next generation, and you have an opportunity to influence them. You could be a coach and simply think, well, all I'm doing is teaching these kids how to play soccer or basketball. But the reality is you're teaching them a lot more than that without even realizing it. You could be a teacher here this morning. I love teachers. And I love this week because this week was Teacher Appreciation Week and a lot of people did things to show their appreciation uh, to the teachers of their kids in school. But I've got some friends who are teachers and on Facebook they kind of copied and posted, uh, pasted this, um, this thing where it's like for Teacher's Appreciation Week, one of the best gifts you could get me is commenting below uh, as a former student of a way in which maybe I impacted your life or as a parent of a former student, you know, what you see happens in your kids' lives as a result of me being their teacher. And I don't know if some of the teachers realize the uh, uh, response they're gonna get, but some of my friends, especially some of my high school teacher friends, there was just post after post after post of like, you know, I'm, I'm in my 20s now. I'm a parent of my own. I'm, a, I'm in college right now and I can still, remember when I was a freshman. I can still remember being in your Spanish class when I was a sophomore. And this is how you impacted my life. This is the difference that you made. And I have to wonder if some of those teachers, as they were reading those comments, thought, I had no idea. I thought I was just teaching you Spanish. I didn't realize the impact it was having on your life. So before you check out this morning and say, well, this, is, this message isn't for me, you may be surprised how much you play a role in the life of a child somehow. But especially if you're a mom or a dad here this morning, this message is for you. Now, we're talking about the idea of impacting the lives of, of our kids and the next generation in the area of their, their spirituality. So maybe the second obstacle that you've come up with, you're, you're aware that there are kids in your life, but because it's kind of the spiritual aspect of their lives, you've kind of come up with a second obstacle, and that's, it's not my job. It's not my job. When it comes to the, the spiritual side of the, the, uh, my kids' development, that's not my job. Now, I think there's a reason that some of us come up with that obstacle, that reason is that we, we tend to think of certain things a certain way. So if I was to say the phrase, the spiritual development of our children, the spiritual development of our children, straight away something has happened in your mind. And I'll tell you why it's happened. It's because there's something that's called a schema, S-C-H-E-M-A, a schema. Every one of us operate through this. And a schema is nothing more than just um, a simple thing that our brain does to apply certain things to certain phrases. We don't have any say in it. We don't really think about it. It's just in milliseconds, our brain makes a decision based on that phrase. So when I said the spiritual development of our children, depending on what your schema is or your predetermined thought on a certain thing, you came up with a picture in your mind. Let me illustrate it this way. I'll show you it, I'll show you it at work this morning in this room. So I want to tell you right now about a surfer, okay, uh, Surfer, just to make sure you understand my uh, accent here. I want to tell you about a surfer this morning. Now, the schema has already created an image in your mind. Whether you realize it or not, you, you've now got an image of who that surfer is in your mind. Without me saying anything. So let's find out what your surfer looks like. So, so tell me here, is your surfer a man or a woman? 
man. Okay, most of you, your surfer was a man, okay? Are his clothes neat and tidy or are they baggy? They're baggy. Okay, most of your surfers were in baggy clothes. Uh, does your surfer, this guy, does he have long hair or short hair? Long hair. Okay, is he dark hair or blonde? Blonde. Okay, what's your surfer say? <laughs> Various cowabunga surfs up, dude, I think I heard, okay? Straight away, without me telling you anything about this particular surfer, every one of you is picturing this blonde-haired, long surfer dude, you know, who says cowabunga or whatever else you, you shouted out. But what if the surfer I was about to tell you about was Bethany Hamilton? Have you heard of her? Very famous surfer. She's a, a wonderful young lady. She's a Christian. She's got an incredible testimony because one day while surfing, a shark bit her arm off. Uh, but she came through and she carried on surfing a competitive level despite having lost one of her arms. Now, she's not a man. She's got blonde, long hair, I guess, you know, but um, because we thought of this certain thing, straight away we went here, and actually, she looks completely different than the image that popped into your mind when I just said, I want to tell you about a surfer. So that's, that's my illustration to point out that sometimes when we hear a phrase like the spiritual development of a child, instantly, like our surfer illustration, our mind goes to, well, that's the church's job. That's why I come to church right now. My kids, my grandkids, they're next door because I really care about the spiritual development of my child. So I'm gonna bring them to church so that for an hour every Sunday morning, they can learn about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And that's brilliant. But I think sometimes that schema, that way of thinking, takes some responsibility away from us because we think, well, that's the church's job. And I'll tell you this, we here at Connect Church, we take that job very seriously. We've got some fantastic volunteers right now in Connect Kids next door here in the preschool hall who are sat with your kids, who are talking to your kids, who are sharing the love of Jesus with your kids, telling them that they are special, that God has a plan for their lives, sharing about Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus, helping guide their moral compass. But we can't do it alone. We actually believe that everyone in this room this morning, whether you're a parent or not, we can play a part in that spiritual journey too. We can play a part in the spiritual development in the life of a child. You see, we've kind of thought of it here at Connect more as a partnership. The church and its family working hand in hand. And this is why we felt that our responsibility isn't just to help train your kids or teach your kids about Jesus, but also to help you as parents to partner with you and say, no, we want to come alongside you as parents and we want to help you in raising your kids to come and learn more about Jesus. Now, there's another way that we at Connect Church want to help uh, one particular mom this morning, and that's in giving her this gift that we were talking about. And I've been seeing some texts pop up here as I'm speaking. We have a, a great creative team here who've been in charge of this. So I'm gonna go through now and read the texts that they uh, sent me. So, all right, make sure I'm reading the right. Okay, yes, here it is. The first one, my funniest Mother's Day gift memory was two or three years ago when one of my boys gave me the most beautiful handmade card after we returned home from church. When I opened the card, there were about a dozen mints taped to the card as my gift. The mints that were confirmed to be taken from Connect Church. <laughs> so, 
It's one creative son. We've got bowls of them out there right now, kids. So if you haven't done your Mother's Day gift right now, and they're already wrapped. You haven't even got to wrap them. They're wrapped. Your mom can unwrap them. It'll be a lovely gift for her this afternoon. Um, one Mother's Day, I was hoping for a nice brunch or lunch, maybe some flowers or chocolate, but I woke up to a fancy new vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Definitely not the gift I was hoping for. I'm sorry to all the mums out there who received a vacuum cleaner for Mother's Day. Um, <laughs> this one, uh, this, this happens. Um, I woke up this morning, and I believe this happens today, I woke up this morning to my husband teaching my parakeet how to beatbox for my Mother's Day presents. <laughs> I'm literally reading it. Now I'm going to have to feed my dear parakeet to the dog. <laughs> and I think, I gotta, okay, yes, this last one is the winner. So I'm about to read one more. And I don't know if this is text from people here in the audience or watching online, but you are the winner of our gift. Uh, <laughs> My kids went at midnight and stole some of my favorite flowers out of someone else's yard. <laughs> Maybe my parents in lessons haven't gone over as well, but it was absolutely the best gift. <laughs> so, <laughs> so not only are you uh, the wonderful recipient of some contraband flowers, you've also got a gift from Le Fleur, a legitimate flower shop where your kids could have gone to get your flowers. So... You should have received a text by now explaining how you can pick up that gift. Well done. Thank you, mums, for sending in those uh, great, great gifts. Uh, <laughs> I think we were talking earlier because there were some in, in first service as well. And someone, uh, after their mother passed away, the husband was very excited to pass along the recipe box that his mum used to use when he was a kid and told his wife, now you can start cooking more like my mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dads, learn, seriously, learn from this right now, okay? Your mother doesn't, your wife doesn't want that gift. For Mother's Day, she probably doesn't want it ever. Um, <laughs> hey, and listen, here at Connect, we love mums, we love celebrating, and one of the other things we like to do on Mother's Day is to do something special um, for organizations or for mums in our community, and, and we can't do this uh, were it not for your generosity. Because you give so generously on a regular basis, it means that we can set some funds aside, and when special needs present themselves, we can help out with, with mums in our community or organizations that work, partner with mums. And this year, we were looking out for something that we could do to give back, and, and just this week, uh, we heard some news. There's an organization in Peoria, they're called the Women's Care Center, and um, they work specifically with mums who are more under-resourced. Maybe you're here this morning and you're a mom and you've got some great support system from family and friends. Well, this particular organization works more with, with teenage mums or single mums or mums who weren't planning on becoming pregnant and have suddenly become pregnant. And they, they work alongside them. They help them. They provide diapers and food and clothing and, and counseling and teaching and help them understand what it's like to begin this brand new journey. So a wonderful organization. And just this week, uh, they're building was um, set fire to. Arsonists came along and they set fire to this building. And uh, as you can see from the picture behind me, did a lot of damage to the building. Uh, I'm assuming that their insurance will help their building be put back together again. But in the meantime, uh, it's sad to know that there are mums that they're working with right now and helping with diapers and clothing and things like that. So we don't want them to skip a beat. We want them to be able to continue to help meet those needs. So because of your generosity, we're able to send them a check this week for $1,000 to say, please use this to help. So 
So thank you, Connect, for helping us to be able to continue our mission of connecting that community to Christ and making a difference uh, where the needs are at. So we've had a couple of obstacles we've talked about, just that idea that this message is not for me or that it's not my job, but hopefully if I've eliminated those obstacles for you now and you've realized, okay, um, I accept that this, this, this message is for me, even though I may not be a parent myself, um, I accept that even though the church does a great job with the spiritual development of my child, that's not their job alone, I play a role. But the truth is, Dave, if I eliminate those two obstacles, there's still a third obstacle that stands in my way. And that third obstacle is when I look at the kids in my life, when I look at the grandkids in my life, when I look at the next generation that I have a chance of impacting, I just find myself thinking, I can't do it. I, I can't do that. I, I can't take on that responsibility because it's such a great responsibility. Dave, if you knew me, you'd know that I'm not the person to, to invest in the life of the next generation. I just, I'm just not spiritual enough. I'm not good enough. Whatever it may be, we, we've come up with this reason why we don't feel like we ourselves can do it. So we here at Connect want to help with that. We try to create opportunities here with classes and small groups that you can join to where you can grow more in your relationship with God. Some of the classes are specifically geared towards parenting situations. We just finished a class recently. We'll be doing it again in the fall for mums and daughters of kind of that um, middle school age, tween age, and uh, just had some great feedback from some of the mums saying this was such a good class. Not only did I learn a lot about what it's like to be a mum of a daughter at this stage of her life, the daughter was in the class too, so it was a great bonding experience for me and my daughter. We have small groups like that. Every Sunday after Connect Kids, um, your kids come home with these uh, worksheets. We call them God Times, and whether they're in the K through five or the preschool, they get them. And, and the purpose for this is for you as parents and grandparents or brothers and sisters, uncles, aunts, to sit down with your kids, to sit down with those kids and go through that. You may find that as you're reading some of those stories or reading some of those things, you're learning some stuff. You're like, wow, this is great. I'm glad I read this this week. I didn't know that. Together, you can go on this journey with your kids. We want to help you in whatever way we can. But let me just say this. The reality is we'll never know enough. Some of us think, well, I don't know if I know enough about the Bible. No, we're never going to know enough about the Bible. We can do the best we can. But that shouldn't stop us because there's one other way in which we can impact the kids in our lives. And that's in the way in which we choose to follow Jesus. In the way that we live our lives. Because I think every single one of us know that there is a couple of eyes, a little pair of eyes here that are watching that are seeing how we respond to the good things in our lives, seeing how we respond to the bad things, seeing how we respond in, in uh, times of difficulty, and, and they're watching us. Paul, who wrote um, a lot of the New Testament, and several times we'll be writing to different churches, he talked about this idea of the example that we can set to the kids in our lives. He talked about it when he was writing to a young man by the name of Timothy. In 1 Timothy 4.12, he says, Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Just, he didn't say, hey, Timothy, teach this lesson, do this Bible study, read this. No, he just said, be an example in the way that you live. 
in your love for others, in your faith, in your purity. He wrote to the church in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, he says, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. You should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Now, I'll be the first to admit here, I've got three wonderful kids, and at times I, uh, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to say, hey, live your life just like me because I know me. I know the good things I do, but I also know the bad things I do. I know the, the mistakes I make, and sometimes I'm like, well, don't be just like me. But what I'm hoping is that they're not gonna follow me in my behavior, and they're not gonna follow me about the times I get it right. So what I hope they'll see in me, the, the way in which they hope they'll imitate me is what Paul's talking about here, is as he strives to imitate Christ. I hope my kids will grow up following my example of how I strive to live my life like Jesus, to follow his example of the way he lived his life, to follow his teachings. And I hope they'll see that in me. And as a result, that'll be what inspires them to want to live more like me as I strive to live more like Jesus. Because I know with that goal in mind, with that mission, I can play a part in, in doing what Solomon said, directing my children onto the right path so that when they're older, they will not lead it, leave it. This doesn't mean we should be perfect. Just that they see us striving to live for him. And I say, but Dave, is that enough? Surely it needs to be more than that, but you'd be surprised how much of a difference it can make in the life of the next generation when we choose to set an example. When we choose to set an example in the way that we love Jesus. When we choose to set an example in the way that we aspire to follow Jesus. When we choose to set an example just in the way that we talk to Jesus. You know, there is a parent who loves his children more than you and I could ever imagine, wants to be reconciled, wants that relationship with his children restored more than you and I could ever, ever imagine. Every great attitude that you can think of right now in a father, every great attitude on Mother's Day that you can think of in a mother can be found in God himself. And God loves his children. And he desperately wants a relationship with every one of us. And how wonderful it is that every one of us who listens to that song thinking, man, I wanna have that kind of impact on my kids or my grandkids or my sister or my brother or my nephews or my nieces or the kids I teach or the kids I coach. We don't have to do it alone. We have a resource in Jesus. We can talk to Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. And he wants to walk alongside us and help us in this journey. Let's pray. Father, thanks so much that on this special day we get to celebrate the mums in our life. We get to celebrate the impact that mums have had in our lives. I pray for those this morning who Mother's Day brings a tinge of sadness because a mum who's no longer with us. Maybe a mum who's raising her kids alone right now, a mum who desperately wants to be a mum, but that journey hasn't yet begun for her. Lord, I pray you'd be with them, especially this morning, in love and comfort, support and strength. 
But for every one of us, Lord, let us realize this wonderful and yet intimidating at times responsibility we have to make a difference in the next generation. But thank you, Lord, that we don't have to do it alone. Thank you, Lord, that you are right there with us. Help us, God, we pray, to be the best mums, to be the best dads, to be the best people possible to influence those around us. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name.